anybody that was watching us live on LinkedIn or Facebook. Um, I hope we can keep your attention and inspire you over the next 45 minutes. Um, anyone that's now listening to this, watching their, walking their dogs or driving a car, um, please stay with us because this is a really fascinating subject. We're going to be talking about the importance of community in business, which is a subject, as you know, is very close to our heart. And we're going to be talking about that with expert Lucas Root. And we're also going to be talking about where that dovetails into your credibility and what that does that means. And that's with a guest expert, um, Mitchell Levy, who's joining thanks to Lucas inviting him. So before I go ahead into that, I just want to give a little bit of context. As some of you, this might be the first time you've listened to a BIP chat. BIP stands for Business is Personal. And anybody that's looking at this on a video will see that there's my book cover behind here. Um, and we very strongly believe in the philosophy, Thomas and I, that business is personal. And it's really the juxtaposition of when somebody once said to you, do you know, Penny, it's not personal, it's just business. And that might remind you of a scene in Taken where Liam Neeson grabs hold of a guy who's kidnapped his daughter and they're in a lift together. And this guy says it was never personal. It was just business to Liam, who's looking at his poor daughter. And so it was personal to me. And he shoots him. Now, I haven't actually ever shot anyone for not treating <laughs> business personally. You'll be pleased to know. But I have possibly wanted to. And I think that we have to have permission to say in a world when emotions and purpose and love and kindness and strong values are important. I think we should all agree that business is personal and be allowed to bring that fully to the fore in our businesses. So we created BIP 100, which stands for Business is Personal 100. Now, some of you might know that Thomas is the most ultimate connector with the most phenomenal memory. And um, as a connector, we realized that if we built community around that, we could really help people to connect to the right people. And that's been something that Thomas and I have done since 1998 when we started Academy. Now we have BIP 100 and BIP 100 stands for Businesses Personal 100. It will never have more than 100 people in it. And these people are experts in their field, but also share in the values of business being personal and are all around good people, which is what we want. So whilst good many of people, good people. Good Many people will be chasing down clients all the time when you're looking to connect. But what we want to bring to you is great suppliers, people that will really elevate your business, innovate you, help you to become inspired, motivated and feel great about your life. So that's really all I'm going to say about what we do. What's most important now is that you stay tuned in and listen to Mitchell and Lucas as we go through a very unrehearsed conversation, no pre-planned questions in this. This is you sitting on the sofa with well, Thomas. There's Nicole, one pre-planned question. I. Right. Well, uh, what's your name? You mean? <laughs> My name. <laughs> so, um, right now, Lucas, I'm going to start with you because I think we should do a little bit of a biog so people know a little bit. Can you share a little bit about yourself? For anybody that's watching or listening to this now. See, that was the one pre-planned question. <laughs> yeah, that is. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you both for having us. And um, Thomas actually gave us a demonstration of his memory in the green room before uh, before we joined, which was really quite extraordinary. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> turns out Thomas and Mitchell knew each other um, in a past life and uh, Thomas remembered. And I mean, you know, when you know 20,000 people, as you both do, I'm um, remembering somebody from 25 years ago is, is really extraordinary. Oh, <laughs> they have to have so. had impact though. You, I tend to believe you remember them in your heart more than in your brain. Mm -hmm. I think also, Lucas, you remember the people who made an, in, an impact on you. And, and for me, Mitchell was somebody who did that. So, Lucas, tell us about your life and business and, and why community is so important to you. And then I would love you to introduce Mitchell and, and Credibility Nation to us all. Yeah. Um... So I'm a uh, I'm a business strategy consultant for brands who don't execute. Um, I've I've been working with uh, the the best known of those brands is the the Pokemon company. Uh, I've been with them for seven years. They're one of four of my clients. Um, uh, but I've recently made a shift. Um, the 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 work I do with them will continue for as long as it does. But the clients that I'm looking for now are uh, community owners wanting profit. Um, and the reason that I'm really interested in that in community is because over the last several years, I've come to realize that um, at least in my eye, and I, I accept that when you're a hammer, the whole world looks like a nail. But at least in my eye, it seems to me like most of the problems that I'm seeing in the world stem from a lack of community. What does that mean? Well, um, community is becoming a, uh, let's call it a buzzword. It's becoming a word that people are throwing around to, to utilize the power behind that word for reasons that are not necessarily connected to the word itself. Join my Facebook community. I'm running for office to serve the community. Um, and I've started to ask people, not even to be obstinate, but just out of real genuine curiosity, what does community mean to you? What do you mean when you say, join my Facebook community? What do you mean when you say you want to serve the community? What is the community? Um, and it's funny because people don't know the answer to that question. What is the community? Well, it's my Facebook group. So your name just changed from Facebook community to Facebook group and also are you telling me that community and group are the same thing to you? They're very, not the same very, thing to me. Yeah, I think we should really deeply explore that. And yeah, let's dig into this. This is yeah, good. This is a good I start. This is a really good start because I agree with you. And I think that there's a real similarity that we observed in the early 2000s when it went from social networking to social media. And people start connecting in a very different in a very different way. And I think if community is not held onto in its purest form, um, basically everybody's creating networks. Nothing changes. They've just given it another name. So I'm really excited about this, Lucas. I really am excited about exploring this. Before we go forward on that, can you introduce Mitchell? And Mitchell, then please, can you uh, tell us a bit about yourself? So Lucas, how come you know Mitchell? I I I I love that question this the second so we had two planned questions <laughs> apparently we did apparently we have <laughs> um mitchell's going to talk about how we met because that's part of his intro um but i'm going to talk about the last three years of knowing each other um mitchell and i have become very close friends uh we 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 probably spend um three or four hours a week in a typical week not in the last month because he's been on vacation but in a typical week 
going on what we call walks together. Um, and we're going to come back to this, but technology has created the capacity to have community outside of the people you can reach out and physically touch. It's amazing. Um, here we are in a, a room of four um, separated by tens of thousands of miles community way outside of people that you can reach out and physically touch, at least today. Um, so Mitchell and I have spent the last three years going on walks together, um, physically separated. We actually met for the first time this year in, in person. Oh, God, that must be this very year. special. That must um, have been a special time. Yeah. It was yeah. really cool. Um, in so addition what you to together in three years ago, what brought you together? Is that something you would like Mitchell to, to explain? He's going to so, tell. So, um, Mitchell, is it Levy or Levy? How do I pronounce it? You got it right. It's so amazing. You got it right the first time. There's three ways it's it's Levy, and there's and three ways to right. pronounce that so, name. And most people don't actually get it right the first time. So, oh, congrats. There you go. That's me. There we go. That's nice. It's a relief. Also, Thomas will be laughing because when I read things, I don't always pronounce it right. Um, so um, for anybody that's not watching this and can't see the names on Zoom, I want you to be able to look these gentlemen up um, either on Google or on LinkedIn. So Lucas, you probably know how to spell Lucas, L-U-C-A-S, Root, R-O-O-T, great name. And Mitchell, I think you'll know how to spell I'm, Mitchell. I'm the root of the problem. Head. <laughs> Root of the problem. Mitchell is with a double L at the end. And then, yes, L E V Y, everybody. So, yeah, Mitchell, can you fill in the gaps for us of, of how you came together? Tell us about Credibility Nation. Oh, absolutely. So, you know, the types of clients typically track, attracted to me are businesses increasing ROI with operational credibility. And how that came about and how I became uh, the global credibility uh, expert is by interviewing 500 thought leaders on credibility between 2019 and, and 2020. It was my, uh, basically my PhD that I received by going after and talking to 500 people on a very focused topic. Now, one of the people I interviewed was Lucas Root. And actually, let me say it again. Two of the people I interviewed was Lucas Root because the first <laughs> time I interviewed Lucas, what happened is I didn't quite see him entirely. And we did a show. We did the episode. We did the interview. We made it happen. And then he came back a couple months later and we did it again. And the reason I'll say this, and, and, and this will fit very well into what we do from a community perspective, is Lucas had a view of himself. And Lucas has a persona of himself, as we all do. We are all trained. And, and the truth is, we all trained incorrectly. We all trained poorly. And, and what does it mean to be a human? What does it mean to be a human in business? The, the, the idea, the concept of a business as personal is really powerful because that's the way we should be trained, but not the way we normally are. And so the opportunity to actually show up in the room and be you, and that same you is the same you with your family and friends and business cohorts, uh, whether they're clients or partners or whatever, it really makes sense. And so what happened between the first time and the second time that I talked with Lucas is that some of the marketing BS stuff, I call it marketing cookie cutter approaches he took to life, sort of started I think marketing away. BS is more correct. 
<laughs> and so some of it started shedding away. And, and, you know, as, as he and I have both gone on our virtual walks, um, I've lost some of mine as well. And so it's nice to have a group, a community of people who will tell you uh, as uh, talking, going back to the, to, uh, to England, that the emperor or the king has no clothes. <laughs> oh, the king. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, so that's a brilliant topic as well, because how do you create, and I think we should go on to community now, um, how do we create a safe space for people to close the gap between their identity and their truth? And that's really the only way that community can really thrive. So, so Lucas, I want to I want to give you the floor on this, and then I know Thomas has got lots of thoughts around this that he would like to ask you as well. Um, where do you start? Where do you start with this passion that you have towards the importance of of community um, in business? And I think you better say right up front, we're talking about business communities on this show. Mm-hmm. A, a community can be a business community, and it can be a non-business community. They have to follow the same rules. Yeah. Um, the first place to start is understanding what the word means to you. What What is community? Because when I started asking people, what does community mean to you? And they didn't have a good answer. That that tells me that we need to redefine the language. Um, we already have a word for group. We don't need two of them. <laughs> and this thing in my head that I think of as community, that that's a really important thing. And it needs a word. And, um, you know, Community might as well be that word, because <laughs> we we don't need another word for group. Well, what is um, the thing inside your head? It's it's people who work together because they want to work together, um, business or personal. Right? Let's let's remember that working together could be um, taking a walk on the beach or or calling Mitchell and taking a long walk together. That is working. Um, people who work together because they want to work together lift each other up. I'm open. To, I'm open to that to really cool people. Just to be clear, <laughs> I want to walk with you. I want to walk with you on the beach and call that working as well. It, it oh, is the coolest thing in the world. <laughs> it really is. Um, Do you so, have a definition for what you think community is, other than working with people either professionally or voluntarily? Yes. Um, so there's this this thing, this idea of people who who choose to work together to lift each other up, to move forward together towards a thing. That's that's great. But I, I'm not sure if you noticed in that description, I used the word thing four times. So that in itself, while it is descriptive to me, it is meaningful to me. That's not a definition. It's not something somebody can pick up and run with. So we have to define it. And I do have a definition. I've, I've come up with five elements of community that all have to be in place in order for you to know that community is present. Oh, that's good. Let's hear those five then. What are those five? <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> um, language, common language. Um, have you ever sat down at the dinner table with your family and noticed that the way that you talk with your family is different from the way that you talk with your work colleagues or yes, my uh, work colleagues don't children. use the word like in every sentence. <laughs> That's valid. That's valid. And the way that you talk when you're in family is specific. It's been honed down into something that's really highly efficient. 
um, over time through trials and tribulations and shared experiences. So that common language is now a unique um, power family language. It's, it's much more fine-tuned than English itself. So the first thing is language. The second thing is purpose. Without purpose, you are not a community, you're just a group. Um, so you have to work together towards something. And um, the better that that purpose is shared and understood and agreed upon, the easier it is for the community to work together towards that thing. The third is projects. I've said work together several times. Well, the projects is the actual work that gets done to advance towards the purpose. Um, projects are different from purpose. Most people don't spend time thinking about this, but I'm going to give it to you in that projects have a start, an end, and a deliverable. Um, an interesting idea, people don't think about this. Projects could be the power family dinner. That is a project. You, you all work together towards a goal. Um, when you finish eating, you clean up, and the project has been completed, right? There was a start, an end, and a deliverable. People don't think about projects. You know, your, your Saturday morning coffee salon group where you sit down and you, you raucously over coffee share ideas and, and uh, with love um, throw around insults and, you know, have a, have a grand old time. That also is a project, um, as is true of, you know, getting together with a whole bunch of work people from nine to five and building widgets. That's also projects. So the third is projects. The fourth is value. Um, you must receive value for your membership in a community. You must also contribute value to the I community. Like that. This, this, is really a good, this is a good list of four. One more to come. The last one is, um, this one's great uh, because it helped me understand why community is so poorly understood. This element must be present and we don't have a word for it in English. So I use common heart as a descriptive placeholder. Now, uh, as Mitchell is fond of doing, um, maybe the right approach to this is actually creating a new word for it. Um, Mitchell has done this. Creating new words is a thing. Like we, we English speakers are comfortable with creating new words. Um, and perhaps that's the right approach. There are words for this in other languages. Um, common heart is a complicated thing, as is true of most things where we don't have a word. It describes bi-directional enrollment. So I enroll in the community. And when I say enroll, I mean, I make space in my heart and in my life to allow for the community to be important to me. And the community enrolls me. So the same happens on the community side. The community makes space in their ranks and in their hearts to allow for me to be important to the community. And then if I don't show up, somebody calls me up, not because they're an accountant, but they call me up because they care. Hey, dude, you weren't there. And it's just not the same when you're not there. Um, you know, I, I really missed you. Are you okay? What's going on? Um, that, that must be present in order for it to be true community. People have to care that you didn't show up. And that, by the way, is one of the biggest things that big Facebook groups cannot provide. Because they're too big. I think this is why we keep it to 100 people in our community now. And um, and it was very interesting on, on with the academy because it was made up of, what, five, 6,000 individual groups, really. 
was yep. 650,000. I think it's the, it's the scale of the volume is that people almost give up because you can't even, where do you start with that? But so that's really interesting. So this common heart thing, when you're describing it, to me, you're describing true citizenship. Mm. And that to me in building community is the absolute most important thing, but the hardest thing to do because you have to give everybody free will because you can't force control anybody into participating and contributing. Um, yeah. But you, you require people to have that attitude, which I love the way you call it common heart. And, you know, you are part of the Bit 100 community and you can see how hard it is to get that engagement, that community, because people have got to create space and open up to vulnerabilities and become open random supportive, which is Thomas's phrase for it. Um, and I think that these are the really hard aspects of community is that common heart or what I would call is citizenship. So, um, so let's let's move on to Mitchell because I, I those five things there are really powerful. Um, what what is it about the credibility book camp, camp and credibility aspect of this? Where does this fit into those five? Do you feel, Lucas or or Mitchell? In fact, you've heard. Well, those. I, I think I think Lucas is and and Lucas was well, didn't quite say, but. Uh, he and I working together on the book focused on community and the the five common elements are important. And the, the specific reason why common language is important is, is simply that we have a common understanding of what we're talking about. And so what's interesting about uh, community and credibility being combined together is Truthfully, one is you can have credibility without community. You can't have community without credibility. Because credibility is the quality uh, in which someone or an entity is trusted, known, and liked. Now, yeah. so I, is I often, credibility the same as brand, Mitchell, or is it different? Credibility, brand is part of credibility, but credibility and brand are different. Um, very closely aligned, Thomas, um, which which I don't I don't disagree with. A brand is a a statement, a feeling, a reflection of what a company stands for. The credibility is not only that feeling, but it's it's the trust that you have. It's the true knowing of what that is, and it's the whether or not you like the brand, and that's a a bigger, broader definition of the, what the word credibility truly means so what yeah, makes how sense. do we how do we position we've got these five elements or pieces of community you're right language, elements. The purpose elements okay the language the purpose the projects the value in the heart is credibility a wrapper for all those five or is credibility a sixth thing that's a great question. We Lucas and I, by the way, continue to play with that. I'm mm -hmm. going to look at that as as they're two separate they're two separate ways to to view and approach the same the same area. The credibility is is what people the mistake most people make is they think there's credibility as a one time event that I I get written up in a newspaper or I get to be on the the BIP show and all of a sudden I have credibility. That's not that's not what credibility is. That's a one point snapshot in time. So you're saying they think it's a 
it's a um it's a badge it's it's thank you credibility is not a badge um it <laughs> is, is not a badge. But if you have if you add all those five elements together yes and you you have a brand so you've got the five elements of community and you've got a brand is adding all that together the five elements and the brand does that create credibility now by the way as soon as you started saying that i said to myself it's quite possible that we can come up with an equation which is the five elements of community equals a credible entity equals a credible community and i could buy that yeah because i think i think that an a credible community is likely should be not necessarily but likely to be a brand as well but you could be a yes. credible corporation without being a community that's true so you can be a, yeah what do you think about what's coming up for me which I, I find really interesting about that in this credibility thing is what's very current at the moment with elon musk and twitter and him and somebody tweeting thomas guides me on all this somebody tweeting you know should should Elon should Elon Musk, you know, create a blue blue tag, is it? Whatever. Blue tick. And, blue tick. Yeah, blue tick and charge $8, $20 to be part of it. And this is the thing when you're running a Facebook group or you're running a community, whatever it is where you are the leader of that, you have a responsibility to the citizens of that community. And when Thomas and I started the Academy, we absolutely felt that really seriously as you know, it started one by one, people would join in and it was like we were running a dinner party at home. And when you run a dinner party at home, you don't want someone to be an asshole to somebody else. You you know, you won't invite them back. So we found yeah. it was um, uh, we found it really important to have values and ethics and a charter that members were aware of. And of course, we were the only ones to begin with. It was two years for four years for LinkedIn and six years for Facebook, eight years for Twitter when we started it. So we were writing the rule book um, and but and we said you to be able to be active, you can watch, you can read some blogs, you can watch stuff on this community. But if you're wanting to be active, you've got to pay. And it was ten dollars, ten euros, ten pounds. And in doing that, it was sort of the start of a little bit of a are you real and whether that comes under the credibility statement. That's a, that's the thing. But it was are you a real person? Um, because we could double check you against your bank accounts and you couldn't be a fake. Of course. The other thing, of course, is once people have got their Academy Power Network, or in this case, Twitter Blue Tick, once Elon Musk has got their credit card details, their behavior is definitely going to change. Yeah. And definitely going to change. They think more about their credibility, I think. If I'm not misusing your term, Mitchell. They worry more about their behavior, um, but also it creates sort of can create two classes where, you you know, these are the people who are paying and these are the people who aren't paying. And then people make a choice as whether they want to be in that group or this group. Um, and it, so it's really a really interesting aspect of community to me is how much people are. Um, is it wrong word being vetted in some way so we look at bit 100 we spend at least two and a half three hours before somebody enters the community with them thomas and then me so that there is a clear understanding of course with you running a facebook group that's free 
how would you possibly have the economic um, wherewithal to put that much effort in? So I don't know what that says to you or you both, Mitchell and Lucas. I don't know if you want to pick up on that side of credibility and community. Oh, it, because it, we don't believe in things being free. Yeah. So what? Yeah. What were you going to say? We, we think free means anonymous. Free yeah. means you can say what you want. Free means permission to be an asshole. Yeah. Whereas, so, well, I'm not opposed. I, so first of all, I'm not opposed to free. I, I also think it makes a lot of sense to to charge because what you're doing for for the BIP 100 is both Thomas and Penny. You two, you're you're the gatekeepers. You're the yeah. gatekeepers of deciding whether or not somebody is credible. If yes. they are credible in terms of who they're and what they do, you're also the gatekeepers of, of deploying what Lucas is talking about in terms of the five elements of community. Yes. Now, what happens now, let's go back and summarize the conversation. If we're looking at Lucas's definition of the word community and the fact that communities are done incorrectly, what needs to happen is community owners, like the two of you, need to focus on, hey, we have a we have an approach. Here's what it takes to be in the approach. Here's who gets in the door. And now there needs to be both written and unwritten rules of how do people stay in the door? It's not just the fact that you pay money, but you have to, to continue to maintain your credibility, continue to, com- to maintain your ability to have a common heart within the BIP 100. And so that's where it gets really fascinating. And and by the way, this particular conversation I love, and I will love to continue to have this with anyone who's who's listening, because it's not easy to automate all of this. And so I don't I don't think you can automate it. The automation is you two, but you're getting paid to spend time to make sure the right people are part of your community. Yes, I mean, I'm gonna add you to that. mentioned. Go ahead. Um, I, I think people spend a lot of time thinking about things like paying to be a member of a community, and I'm, I, I just want to point out, um, as a as a serial entrepreneur, and each and every one of the the four of us on this call can understand this. As a serial entrepreneur, being a leadership is exhausting. Being a leader is exhausting. It is absolutely exhausting. Outsourcing leadership in my life is something that I am happy to do in places where I don't have to be the leader. I, hey, I, hey. I mean that I mean that as simply as it can be taken with a hundred percent of 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 that statement. And um when I pay my membership fee to BIP 100, part of what I'm paying for is to outsource leadership. Is I'm I'm paying for you to do the leadership that I need done in order for me to know that I'm getting value out of the way that I spend my time inside my communities. I'm outsourcing That's leadership, good. and 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 thank God I can. Yeah. Can yeah. I ask? Can I pick up on when you talked about credibility, Mitchell? Um, and picking up on. Part three and part four of Lucas's five, the the projects and the value. You you have you have to do projects or deliver projects or work on projects, and you have to contribute value and receive value. Is it is it the projects and the value where the credibility resides? Because that's actually, where your that's where your profile is born. 
No, no, it's a great, it's a great question. And, and I have to say credibility is in all of that. Because if you don't have a common language, you're talking across purposes. One person says something, one person delivers something else because they hadn't had a common language. If you don't have a common purpose, you don't necessarily have credibility because you're you you're doing things that are that are intended to do other areas. How you can help reinforce a common language, a common purpose, a common heart are those two elements you just picked up. Having both common projects that you work on and then delivering value to the recipients based on those common projects will also reinforce the other three elements. By the way, Lucas, that's pretty cool. True, but wouldn't you get most of your credibility from the from the projects and the value you deliver with your peers? Um, you, you also don't actually, the number one, two, or five. I, I got this, Mitchell. You don't actually get cre credibility from these things. So uh, imagine, Thomas, that you and I are working on something together and you don't trust me yet. I'm not credible to you. Well, what happens now is that there's two projects going on and I'm involved in one of them, right? The thing that we're working on together, but you're actually hosting, having, doing a second project, which is check everything that I did because I'm not credible. Yeah. So you don't actually get credibility um, from doing them. You have credibility. You you are a credible person and and that allows things to happen. And what's interesting about that is because we curate, and I'm sorry I'm using us as a case study, but I suppose we all know it quite well, um, and we've honed this over 24 years, um, because we are spending so long curating people in, when somebody arrives inside the community, there is more trust towards one another at, as a starting point, because um, they everyone knows. I mean, if we started to open up Fit 100 and it was a, a free-for-all to join in it would completely change that you wouldn't have you you Lucas wouldn't be so ready to accept someone's invitation to have a one-to-one -one. you would start to look for their credibility online you would start to have to do your own research on it and That's so this exactly comes right. back to the leadership aspect which comes back to um, where you said the difference between leading a group on Facebook and leading a community um and so babes uh, picking up on your word there the, the yeah. curation is the curation a credibility filter exactly that's part of it yeah it's probably thomas, not always, the only thing I, you're doing no no i hear you and thomas that's exactly I, I saw where you were heading and 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 I, I appreciate that this is a very valuable conversation for me and the answer is yes you're applying your credibility filters to the people you let in the door. And what happens is what if two BIP members end up doing a project together where there's value expected to be delivered on both sides, one person's paying, one person's receiving, and that value expectations are not met. Yeah. What do you do as owners of the community, of, as curators of the community, and and I'm not that that's an open ended question, not yes, not necessarily needing a response. But that's part of what running a successful, credible community yeah. means. This yeah, is interesting. Because oh, sorry, Thomas. I, 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 the person the person who sent me Lucas's podcast 
has a lot of credibility with me and said, TP, you, you, you want to listen to this guy on this podcast? Sent me the podcast, listened to it, and then I thought, Oh, I like the person who recommended. I like Lucas. I'll drop I'll drop Lucas a note and have a have a zoom. So it, it was all credibility. And up until that person sent me the link, I had no idea who Lucas was or that he did a podcast. Sorry to interrupt you both. No, 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 you're right. I mean, I may be going slightly off at a tangent, but one of the things that Thomas and I learned when we set up a community based on values and beliefs and trust before with Academy. There was a very big flaw in it. And one of them was that people blurred the lines between I'm, and this is a business community, I'm here as a friend or I'm here as a business person. The challenge with those blurred lines is that when you, so this came up when you asked this, the question, Mitchell, about two people doing business with one another. People can either do bartering, I'll do this for you if you do this for me, or they do it dangerously just because you're a bit member I'm going to do this for you for free either way there's a real economic risk in that and we had this horrible experience about four years after academy came to an end we were invited sadly to go to a funeral of a gentleman and we discovered at the funeral that he had committed suicide and this guy was a giant of a man an amazing guy Richard we all loved him and at this funeral wake, there were about 40 Academy members there. And this was long, you know, quite a long time after it closed, but they all came along. We sat in a pub afterwards chatting and, it, and we discovered from his wife that he had committed suicide for financial reasons. And in this room, we discovered that everybody thought he was incredible. Oh, Richard did this for me. Richard changed my business. And I asked, you know, how much did Richard charge for his time? Oh, he, he did it all for free. He was such a kind guy. And I worked out in that room that if these guys hadn't taken his expertise for free, he would still be alive. And so the thing is, one of the boundaries that you have to put into any community is what are the boundaries around that protect the people that you have within your community. And so we actively discourage that. We say there's a very big difference, and you'll like this wording, Mitchell and Lucas, there's a very big difference between somebody needing to know whether you're credible and needing a one-to-one -one and somebody wanting your expertise for free. And yeah. um, so we really want to make sure that people don't do that. Now, and then people say, well, we barter. You know, I've said I'll do some bookkeeping for him and he'll do some graphic design for me. But that's dangerous as well, because you might get to a point where actually I don't need your bookkeeping anymore, but he's still getting his. So you know we would never suggest we always have to so i think part of um creating a credible community is what ethics and values you put in that protects everybody from the dangers of the culture that you create does that make sense oh absolutely and when penny as you're speaking i'm trying to listen through the filter of whether common language purpose project value heart and you're speaking in each of those buckets yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That's well observed, that is, Mitchell. He's a pretty good listener. Yeah, yeah. Been an amazing show. Can you believe it? We've only got about five minutes left. Um, and oh I think this, I, I, I certainly now know where the credibility comes in. I am incredibly excited that you two are working on a book together. I think that is absolutely fantastic. I know it will be a great one. Um, and do you have a timeline? Close to done. Um, say again. We're close to done. 
close to done. So what is this? The credible five languages of community. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's a possible title. Yeah. Well, that's what, very exciting. So we what are you calling this project you're working on together? Um, uh, we haven't actually given it a title yet, but here's another project that we're working together on um, that we do quarterly. And uh, you, you bit people may actually have heard of this when I did it the last quarter, um, the ultimate credibility boot camp, where Mitchell and I spend two days. Um, it's it's like a seminar. We spend two days doing a very thorough deep dive into credibility and community um, together to make sure that the people who are attending can can walk away and actually implement. They can implement credibility. They can start to build themselves internally so that as they shine into the world, what they're shining is something that everybody else can latch onto and say, yes, that's the Lucas that I want. Um, before I dive that into what that means on community, I've been on Wall Street. I, I've been a person where when I come home at the end of the day, I don't want to be the person with my home that I was with my work. Um, I don't, I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be um, the same person, which means I was living two lives. Now, that's, that's acceptable culturally. That's acceptable. But it's not healthy. It's not healthy. I don't, I don't want to be that person anymore. I don't want to live two lives. I, I always want to be the exact same Lucas in every circumstance, in every scenario, because why not? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Well, it's better for your health. Yeah, and I think you need the wrapper of community, not a network around you to feel you can be that person. Yeah. Because community to me is it's an emotional word. We belong to a community, whereas networks, we use a network. One is a utility. Like I will drive, you know, I live in a town called Farnham. I love it. You know, I know every shopkeeper and I love it and I respect it and I belong to Farnham, but I'll drive 20 miles to another city and it's, I use it. I don't take any responsibility. I don't contribute to it as a citizen. Well, I have um, to say, that's the thing about LinkedIn that Reid never understood because people yeah. use LinkedIn, but they don't belong to it. But I don't think he's necessarily wanted that's to That's exactly right. A community. He didn't, did he want to create community or did he want no, to? No, he wanted to build a utility. He wanted yeah, to build a motorway. He, he built um, a motorway. And so I think community, the sense of belonging means that people have to do that thing of closing their identity and their truth and being that one person. I think that's a beautiful, beautiful synopsis there, Lucas, of, of what it means to be a citizen of a community. So we've got a couple of minutes left. And what's really important to me is because I know that you as an audience listening to this um, and we're recording this on November the 2nd, 2022. This, this content will stay alive for many decades but you must uh, keep in touch with Mitchell Levy and Lucas Root to find out about the book that's coming out. Is that coming out in the spring? When do you think that'll be out? Probably in the spring, Mitchell. <laughs> it's um, it, it. What's really fascinating about having having a, a a book that's focused on, in this particular case, deploying uh, credibility or deploying community in a credible way, is all the other elements that come into place. So the even if the book is done, what's going to happen is Lucas is looking for that magic, that magic sort of combination of people coming together uh, where it makes sense to roll out. 
And so content wise, the book can can be published anytime. The the benefit, and it is most likely spring. The benefit is is now that that's done, what do you what is what is you gonna do with it and what's next? Yeah. And and I just I I do uh, so look forward to that. Uh link up to both Lucas's and my uh LinkedIn. Uh yeah. it is it's the primary way that we focus. Um yeah. come to the ultimate credibility boot camp is by far a transformational experience for you. It's an opportunity for you to be seen on and offline in a credible way. And, and Lucas, we create a mini community in a, in a small time that the people in the room, because there's, there's trust uh, in supporting each other. Absolutely. Trust and openness, which is beautiful. So yeah, that ultimate credibility boot camp is all one word.com. So uh, yeah, Google that. And yeah, as uh, Mitchell said, please do keep in touch with Lucas and Mitchell on uh, LinkedIn. You know how to contact Thomas and I if you want that connection, if you find that uh, difficult to find or can't can't get connected in some way. Um, and gentlemen, what a fascinating conversation with you about. Thomas is my favorite subject. And uh, thank you Literally. very much for this time. And thank you, anyone who has sat with us or walked with us or driven with us listening to this and we hope that's inspired you to create a credible community and thomas penny thank you so much for the insight and it was great to to be on the show with you oh bless you thanks thank you, thank you lucas thank you.